So today we have a guest uh, speaker on The Point Podcast, Brother Austin Andes, an intern for us here at The Point. Man, Austin is the man, serves our, in, our uh, youth ministry faithfully, and he's going to be breaking down Acts chapter 17 for us for these next few episodes in The Point Podcast. So hope you enjoy Austin. Uh, go up to him next week, next Wednesday night, next Sunday, and tell him you enjoyed it and you appreciate him. And uh, man, here's Austin as he breaks down Acts chapter 17 for us. All right, you guys, what is up? Uh, We are finishing out Acts chapter 17 today. Um, We're looking at Paul as he is in the Areopagus in this kind of debate room. Uh, You can think it's kind of an outdoor theater, basically for a debate. And so we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 22. And so look at Acts, or I'm sorry, Acts chapter 17, verse 22. Um, It says, so Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, says, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For, as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, that being the idols that we, we talked about last uh, last episode, the, the idols that were all throughout Athens, he says, as I, as I passed along, I observed all of your objects of worship. I found also an altar with this inscription, which said, To an unknown God, or to the unknown God. What, therefore, you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Pause. So, back it up a little bit. Paul, as we talked about last last week, it is in Athens, this big, massive city with tons of idols, tons of people, all of the philosophers. This is kind of the, the think tank. All of the smartest people are in this city. And he gets invited to come and to proclaim the, the gospel, basically, in the midst of all these people at a place called the Areopagus. And so as he begins to uh, teach the gospel and to proclaim the truth of the gospel— he does it in a little bit of a different way than what we've kind of become accustomed to, um, which is important to note because the audience has changed, right? The the audience used to be for Paul a lot of the times it was it was Jewish background, and so he would come from the Old Testament um, and and read the Old Testament and reason with them how the Old Testament points to the Messiah and all of the things that happened to the Messiah happened to Christ and therefore Christ is the Messiah and you should believe in him. We don't get that here. Here in Acts chapter 17 and in verse 22 and following, Paul completely changes his approach because a lot of these people, though they were very smart, they probably had never ever read the Jewish Old Testament. They had no idea what the book of Exodus talks about. And so Paul, being mindful of this, doesn't come at them and say, look, Deuteronomy, blah, 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 said that there was going to be a Messiah and you need to believe in him because they would have been like, what, what is Deuteronomy, right? And so Paul here begins way further back than even the Old Testament. He begins at creation. Look at what he says. He says, the God whom you think is unknown, I will tell you who he is. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it, right? All the way back to creation. This God made the world and everything in it. What does everything not include? Nothing. Everything means everything. And so he's like, look, the God that you don't know 
is this God. He is the God who made the world and everything in it, being both Lord of heaven and of earth. Literally, the king of heaven and the king of earth. He, he owns it. He does not live in temples made by man, uh, kind of going against their idea of having all these idols and having all these temples in their city. He says, look, the God that you don't know, he doesn't live in a temple made by man's hands, nor could he be served by human hands. Again, he's attacking the, the idea of an idol because an idol, right, it, it, there's this beautiful passage in Isaiah, I think in 42 or 43, one of those chapters, where the, the author goes through and, and he just makes this incredible argument about how worshiping idols is so stupid because it, it's like they get the wood, they chop down the tree, they get the wood, they, they trim the wood, they use the wood to to make them some food to warm up their stomachs um, right they get the wood so that they can burn a fire so they can be warm inside their house and then they take some of that wood and they also make an idol and and the the argument is look the very thing that you're worshiping as a god you literally just burned in a fire so that you could eat some food like that doesn't make any sense and so he Paul is using kind of the same tactic. He's like, look you have all these idols you have all of these temples but the god that you don't know, has never been in a temple. He does not live in a temple. He he has never been served by human hands. Human hands cannot affect this God. He doesn't need anything uh, since he himself gives to all of mankind life and breath and everything. Again, what does everything mean? Everything. God gives everything. He doesn't need anything. He gives it. He has, he owns everything, and he freely gives it out of his grace. And so in verse 26, he says, And he made from one man, that being Adam, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods. Uh, basically, think of that as time, um, generations, speaking of generations, uh, and, and setting up their boundaries, basically the nations, the countries that they live in. So generations of people in the countries that they live in uh, for their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us for, and then he quotes some, some outside literature. He says, in him we live and move and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. In verse 29, he says, being then God's offspring, as what he did was using some of their own literature, some of their own poetry, he says, look, for indeed we are his offsprings. And then he brings that into the argument. He says, look, being then God's offsprings, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. So he, he's like, look, we as human beings are made in God's image. Therefore, a God that we worship should not be a God made of gold, a God made of silver, a God made of stone, or anything that we can design, because that can't be a God if we design it. And he says in verse 30, he says, the time of ignorance, the, the time of you not knowing these things, God has overlooked. He, he has looked past them. He understands you did not know, but now that you know, in ver he continues on, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, uh, this being Jesus, the man that he's talking about. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And that's how we know he's talking about Jesus, because Jesus is the only one that has been risen from the grave by God himself. And so in verse 32, uh, 
Paul finishes proclaiming the gospel, uh, that, that God is coming to judge the world through righteousness by the work of Jesus Christ, um, because they have all worshipped idols. That's the whole point. They worship idols, and, and God says, look, and Paul reminds them, look, God has overlooked the fact that you've worshipped idols, but now I'm proclaiming to you the truth that he is coming to judge you for that, and he's judging you by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then God will look past your sin and forgive you. And so in verse 32, it says, Now when they had heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Some some people there, when they heard about the resurrection, they just made fun of it. Uh, people can't rise from the dead, probably what they said. Uh, others said, We will hear you some more. So some people were curious. They wondered what Paul, they wanted more uh, meat on the bone, you should say. And verse 33, So Paul went out from their midst. And verse 34, But some of the men joined him and believed among whom were also Dionysus, the Areopagat, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. And so, looking back on all of chapter 17, um, as I've said in the other two episodes, I'm going to say it again. Paul is not worried by his circumstances. Paul has a mission from God to proclaim the gospel every place and every person he sees. You and I have been commissioned with the exact same attitude, the exact same mission. God has called us to proclaim the gospel, to tell the world about Jesus Christ wherever we go, whatever circumstance we're in. And so it doesn't matter if we're in a synagogue. It doesn't matter if we're standing in the middle of a debate center with the most brilliant people on the planet. It doesn't matter. God has given us the ability to proclaim his gospel by giving us the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit who speaks through us in power. He has given us his word that we may proclaim the goodness of him, his grace, and his mercy uh, unto salvation. And so I want to remind you and I want to encourage you, you have an opportunity right now, sometime today, wherever you're listening to this, it doesn't matter, sometime today, you have an ability, you have the time, you have an opportunity to proclaim the gospel, to share the gospel uh, with people all around you. Don't miss out on that opportunity. It doesn't matter your circumstances. God is willing and wants to use you. You just need to be obedient. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.15. For more information, you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org.